I want to see Pete Alonzo hit some dingers. And I want to see some riveting football conversation. Welcome back to Division One Rejects. This is episode 109. We are joined today by one of the newest Division One Rejects athletes, Ian Marshall from Northern State. He'll be joining us here in a few, a few, a few fort, short minutes. Fort minutes. <laughs> short fort. A few fart minutes. Yes. In a few fart minutes, Ian Marshall will be joining us. He had quite the year at Northern State last year at All American, set their single season. Sack record, single game sack record, and quite the accolades. And we're happy to have him as part of our sponsored athletes. But before we get talking to Ian, fellas, D3 team posted on Twitter. They got a new field, but there's a reason that we're covering it. Not just because they got a new field. I mean, we could do that too. It's a, it's a nice field. but It's pink. It's black, which I don't love. I mean, but this is the thing. Like, when you see it, it's way better than what yeah. you really thought. So we'll take a look at that video uh, in a little bit here from Morrisville. Uh, we're starting today, too, with some highlights of some Division two, Division three teams. Today's picks, Pittsburgh State, Division two team out of the MIAA, and then Harden-Simmons, the D3 team out of the ASC. Both of those teams we'll dive into, take a look at uh, who, what kind of returners they have, some of the key stats from this past season, and an outlook on their 2023 schedule. So just trying to provide some more of that insight and really give... Uh, we do a lot of surface-level analysis. I want to give just a little bit more in-depth. Uh, we're not going to be experts on anything because we're not in the locker room, not with these guys, but a little bit more in-depth is going to be a good change for us. I like to say I'm an expert. Well... In order to be an expert, you have to actually look at the teams before 15 minutes before we start doing the show. Well, so if you want me to out you right now, I can do that. I already know. He's a fast learner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't worry. Some of us have done more research than Cade. We will. But I did find some you didn't have. Delta State. I do have a better eye. Delta State has a new locker room, and we'll be taking a look at that. Certainly on par with some of the best that we've seen in the Division Two level out of the Gulf South. There, they had a big year last year. Definitely looking to. Uh, re-up on that offensively they exploded in that golf south conference finally Mahomes he's got a new mansion in Kansas City that'll be our bigger football piece today uh Trevor we want to take a look at that one that drone shot you sent me was uh it's unreal Unreal. it's a real deal real it's unreal yes unreal it was so we're gonna take a look at that um I will mute Cade's microphone for the rest of this intro and as always you can watch the episode on YouTube don't forget if you are watching on YouTube use the timestamps at the bottom of the screen fast forward to any part of that conversation that sounds interesting and then get the hell out or continue listening we appreciate it either way you can listen pretty much anywhere though Apple Podcasts Spotify you name it follow us on Twitter D1 underscore rejects or on Instagram at division one rejects uh, follow us on TikTok, Division One Rejects. Got a big collab going on there pretty soon, so you're not going to want to miss that. But before we get into any of those topics, let's go to the conversation with Ian Marshall from Northern State. Joining the show tonight, a man who came to the D2 level, came back to the D2 level, I should say, last year. He set it on fire. He was the 2022 NSIC Defensive Player of the Year. Try saying that three times fast. He set the single season and single game sack record at Northern State where he was a first-team All-American for the Wolves, one of the newest D1R athletes, it's Ian Marshall. What's going on, brother? How are you? Man, how are you doing? How are we doing? I'm great, man. And you might have to show the audience here. You might have to flip the camera around real quick because the view Absolutely. is crazy right there. Yeah. Oh, come on, the bank. I'm looking at the best D2 stadium in the country. Okay. They ain't going to get no better than that. Wait till you get up north, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That is that is going to be fun because he is coming to the Dome, what is that, week 11? It's correct? the last game of the year, yeah. yeah. So week 11, yeah. you'll be making the trip to Marquette. But yeah. that's pretty special, dude. I'm not going to lie. That was not on my radar uh, when I made that tweet. You called me out on it right away. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but, I mean, first of all, I got to ask, what the hell did uh, 405 do to you? Because you had no business throwing on that front squat weight around this morning. And you were, like, tossing it like it was personal. Yeah, it was, and you know, this this whole offseason has been personal, you know what I'm saying? By training and everything, it's just, just it's all personal for me, you know what I'm saying? I've got, the, I've come a long way to get to the point I am now. You know, I came to college at 200 pounds, and so being able to push some numbers up like that, and you know, those back squat numbers, so being able to push it on front squat, that's, that's solid. I was, I was hyped about that one. You can hear I it in bet. the video. Hell yeah, yeah. I should have, I might have to throw the video up here in post. I'll throw it, throw it over so you can, you know, they can see it while we're talking about it. You get it, and it's sure. one of those. Take the belt off, belt drops. Yeah. You're so pumped. I do. You live for those. Hi. And, of course, I'm doing my research and I'm reading, and uh, one of the best quotes, guys, from his coaches is that he said that uh, you faced double teams 80% of the year last year. That was the number. 
that he threw yeah. out. And so if you're facing – and by the way, he's an interior guy, so it does at least kind of make you – know, if he said that and he was playing off the edge, I'd be like, okay, I'll call bullshit. But right, right. you're playing <laughs> on the inside, you know, that number uh, definitely means something. You have that kind of production. Can we expect that to be, what, 100% this year, 115, what? Uh, absolutely. You can expect that off the first game. But <laughs> double teams, triple teams, you know, it don't matter to me. You know, I'm, I live in the backfield, and that's just that's, – that's, that's, that's who I am. So I love it. I love it. Now I'm like, okay, I – I played a little three-tech in high school. I don't look it, right? But I did. I was a feisty little dude down there. And my, I didn't have the size to take on no double team, so I was taking a knee and just holding my water. <laughs> yeah. That's not the way you play it. What's the, what's the way to get around that when you've got two massive humans trying to move you to a different location? Yeah, um, really just my get-off. You know, I tell okay. all my guys, uh, if you can get them on two separate levels, you ain't got to worry about a double team. Yeah. So I'm I'm every single snap I'm trying to get off the ball and create that separation between the two two offensive linemen. That way I ain't gotta really focus on if that guy's just gonna clamp down on me or not. Usually half the time I kinda just get a little chip off, you know, my hip or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if I can get him on two different levels, I've already won. So I'm strong enough to hold my own uh, off a double team, so I'm never really worried about it. No, I got you. So pre snap are you looking at one dude or the other like this is my guy? Like I'm targeting this dude. He's being knocked back as soon as that ball snap. Yeah, I'm. I'm. If I'm in the three tech, I'm focused on that guard, and that's that's my main priority. Once I get him off his off his point, the rest is history. I got you. I got that, you. Because no. that tackle's coming down to me, or even that center, they still got another job to do. Their ultimate goal is obviously they're trying to climb to the second level. They're just trying to knock me off my spot. So yeah. Now, like I said, coming to Northern State last year and. Set it on fire was kind of the corny way to say it. But really, you did. Like, you came in, you made your impact right away, and you talk about the accolades and whatever. Not to, to brag about it, but to talk about that and say, like, I came in, had an immediate impact, and the team that historically has kind of been up and down and has had some some pretty tough years in the past, you guys went 6-5 and five last year, and you won some pretty pretty big games, and you were a big part of that. Talk about how gratifying that is to be a part of that, you know, that, that uptick. Man. Yeah, it's you know it's something it's something I've worked you know my whole life to put myself in position for. Um, I've been an underdog my whole life, you know. Throughout my, I haven't played a full season of college football since two thousand nineteen. So uh, being able to get to this point where you know I am a leader and I am able to make an impact towards winning football games and I am a difference maker in football games, you know that's that's just all glory to God. You know I give all my success to God. You know. Without him, I, I ultimately wouldn't be in this position. I'm not even supposed to be here, you know, off my background and where I come from, my childhood. So just to finally be in the position that, you know, I've been working for and that God's had the path for me, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I, I couldn't be more thankful and give thanks to, you know, Coach Schmidt and the staff here for believing in me because not many do. You know, before I was an All-American, before I was all that, I was just another guy out there trying to play football. Yeah. So. And Coach yeah. Schmidt, when you talk about him, he said it straight up. He was like, yeah, you know what? We were going after him heavy recruiting-wise, but he's like, I didn't think we were going to get him. Like, no way. Yeah. But he said that straight I was reading the article. I'm like, man, usually coaches will come out here and be like, oh, we knew we met him. We knew he was going to be a great – he said, no, man, we didn't think he, – he told yeah. the other coaches, yeah, you might have to start pursuing some other guys because there might not be a way that we land this dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it was he's, – he's, he's, there's some truth behind that because throughout the process – um, I did have some good D1s, and I did have some good D2s, and I had some of the top D2s in the country. Um, but, you know, when I came up here to the Northern, it just it, it just it just felt right. You know, it felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. It was a new change of scenery. Um, it was kind of out of the South. You know, cause obviously I'm from Oklahoma and Missouri. Oh, I guess I'm from Missouri, but was raised in Oklahoma a lot gotcha. of my life. So um, to get out of that, to get a new change of scenery into somewhere different where I would never expect myself to be, um, it was, it was definitely needed. And on my visit, talking with them, they understood my goals, and then I understood what they were trying to do. You know, they were trying to come here and win a national championship, conference championship, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's that's when I like coaches who talk about that. You know, obviously you want to win one game at a time, but you still want to have, you still want to try and manifest and put that out into the air. You know, yeah. everybody won a national championship. So hearing that and hearing that he's a winner and how he turned programs around. That was real enticing to me. So I was – when I came on my visit and before I left, I already knew I was coming here. I had business lined up the weeks after, but I knew I was coming here. But, you know, I had to play the game, you know, lead them on a little bit, flirt with them. So. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> you had to play the game a little bit. Yeah. I like it. That's real, though. That is – I mean, I think, that you know, that's real. And a lot of guys that go through that process, and whether they say it or not, 
that shit happens all over the place, right? But mm-hmm. to put, you know, your last season into perspective a little bit, I talked about it, you know, the sack records are the one that stand out, right? Because that's one of the more flashy stats at that position. And rightfully so, it's a game-changing kind of statistic. But being an interior guy, how do you manage to create that disruption? Like you said, you live in the backfield. That's mm-hmm. your thing. With a Twitter handle, Dr. Pass Rush, too. I mean, that's all about it. It's a whole. It's not even just a style of play. It's a persona and a, and a mindset. How do you manage to, you know, to get back there and make those big plays? Man, like you said, it's a mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like, every time I line up across, you know, another offensive lineman, my mind is always, I'm, you know, I'm better than them. Regardless of the, what their accolades are, what the, I'm always, I'm better than anyone I line up against. I work in the offseason so hard on my craft. I'm so confident in my preparation that there is no doubt, you know, and I, I, as long as I trust myself and my abilities, I never have no doubt. And I just, I just get off the ball and fly around. It's my effort. I have, I have a motor like no other. I go, 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 go. I'll go to the wheels fall off. So yeah. like you said, it's a mindset. I, playing into your D line or D line in general is definitely, you got to have a mindset to, you, you don't want to be blocked. And my mindset, you know, obviously I'm a D tackle, but I don't want to be touched. Because you know I'm I'm two I'm two hundred eighty pounds you know six one so I'm already undersized yeah so if I can I'm I work my hands I, I, I'm a tag you I'm a go so if I get off the ball and work my hands I don't want to get touched they entangled up with someone who's got sixty pounds fifty pounds on me or whatever it is you know what yep. I'm saying so yeah we work in any uh, any knife any knife skills at the bank or is that not in the practice schedule yet. Not yet, not, not yet, yet, but I have to, have to <laughs> okay. implement it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be the first uh, D1R athlete injury post uh, breaking. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't need any of that yet. But, no, like Trevor and I were actually just talking about that earlier today about uh, another kid at the D2 level, and we, you know, I had asked him, like, what do you remember about playing him? And you had said, like, dude had a crazy motor. And that's why yeah. we had said that he was a solid player. The It was Vic Nelson, right, the one who went yeah, to Ferris yeah, State. Yeah. And you had said, if, out of all things that stood out about him, right, that the dude had a solid motor and he just – Never took a playoff, that type of thing. And so that's something that people definitely would remember about your game. Now, the pass rushing side, um, take that away. How has the other side of your game benefited from that as far as just being a run stopper, being able to clog up holes and, and take on those double teams? Yeah. Uh, obviously, you got to stop the run to rush the passer. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, that's 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 the goal. You know, obviously, if I go out there and I do what I need to do and, you know, downs one, two, and three, or downs one and two, really, uh, that's when I finally get to showcase my what I'm really elite in. I still pride myself on being an elite run stopper. Yep. Um, I'm not the typical brute D tackle who's going to sit in the gap and, you know, clog it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like I mentioned a second ago. I like to get past guys and be in the backfield. I want TFLs. That's what's going to get you paid. So um, being able to just get off the ball and just get, you know, just be fa- – I'm just fascinated, everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Obviously, it it probably it probably change. It'll definitely – you know, it definitely changed when I get to the league and everything. But I probably, you know, if I just get off the ball and just trust myself, uh, I'm gonna definitely get the blessing to be able to rest the pass. I got you. Yeah. Now talk about you said a little bit earlier, raised in Oklahoma, go to Missouri, and then you've had this journey. I had mentioned it in the intro. You'd been at D two before, make the jump yeah. to like an FCS level, and then uh, moved back home. You know, to be closer to family. Talk about that experience because then you walk on at Oklahoma State and you go through like you said, you hadn't played a full season since 2019. Just did not see the field at Oklahoma State. What did that do? I mean, physically, I know what I know what it is to miss seasons, right? That sucks. But mentally, even worse, right? Because you're a guy that you talked about the supreme, you know, undeniable confidence in yourself. Did that ever waver? And just what was that experience like being able to get out of that situation and now have this impact? Sure. Just like a quick, just a quick backstory. Just like my timeline. So, yeah. Like you said, I started at Division Two. I walked on to a D2 at a high school. I had no offers, no stars, no nothing. So I walked on. I was there by uh, one semester, just a fall semester of 17. Yep. Uh, I went JUCO in the January of 18, was there for two seasons, uh, left in 19, signed to go to Abilene. was only there about a month and a half. My pops ended up getting cancer before he passed. So that was the driving factor to move back home. Yep. That way I could be closer to him, just you know, just so I could get a little more time with him before. If he did pass, I, it was unknown at the time, but obviously he, he passed. So, you know, rest in peace to him. But I, I walked on Oklahoma State. You know, that was, that was always my dream school. I grew up uh, a huge Barry Sanders fan. That's who got me into playing football. So I wanted to go to Oklahoma State. So I got there in 2020. I was on a scout team uh, that first year. I was a true walk on there. I, I, I had a tryout and everything. So the true walk on, yeah, I was a true walk on there, uh, and yeah, I didn't see the field like you said, but I, mentally, 
I always, I always believed in myself, you know, even when no one else believed in me, I always believed in myself. So that confidence and that belief in myself never, never dwindled. I just, you know, it just didn't go my way. And that's just something I had to accept, you know? Yeah. So throughout the process, uh, being there, I'm grateful for it. Um, I have no regrets, but, uh, I always, I always had confidence in myself because I was still producing during practice, you know, against guys who went to the league against power five guys. And so going there and, you know, producing during practice, everything that even gave me more confidence that gave me like, Oh, I can really play this game of football. I can take this as far as I want, which drove me to hit the portal. So of 21, I actually stepped away from football. Um, I was like you said, I, I've never lost confidence in myself, but I got to a point just mentally, uh, I was just battling with depression and everything because my pops just passed, girl just left me, football wasn't going good. So I stepped away from football and I was done. Like I was done. I was I'm just going to get a job, this, that, and the third. But I had my name in the portal. I was just like, I'm just going to see what pops. And so obviously my offer started coming and everything. And as my offer started getting ramped back up, I kind of found, I kind of was like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't give up on myself. Cause I definitely know my pops would want me to do that. So, uh, yeah, my confidence never, my confidence never went away. I was mm-hmm. still training as hard as I could. I was still with my specialist because um, I always, I always believed in myself, like regardless of the circumstances. And that's just something a lot of people don't have. Like they'll get to a point and it gets hard. When it gets hard, that's my favorite part because that means I'm right there. I'm right yep. there where I want to get to. So I never, I never really got down on my, on my abilities. Yeah, of course. I love that. And, and that's like, it's a much larger conversation too, but like your abilities, right? The things you can control, what you can do to put the work in to increase, you know, the way that you perform in certain situations. Then the really hard things to take on are the external factors. The thing you have no control over, right? Whether it be in your family with your dad or whether it be just the ultimate, the football gods, just not throwing you a bone or other external, external forces. How do you just deal with, I mean, I can speak on it too. Injuries are another great way to talk about a lot of those things. You can do everything you want to prepare for injuries and then something just happens and it can be taken away from you. I think that's something that really is tough to deal with and it depends on the situation. But obviously in yours, when one, you're not getting the results that you want, getting the results you think you deserve after you put all that work in. And then on top of that, things are starting to pile up one thing after another. What was uh, kind of, if, if you remember one point where you kind of, you know, just sat there and was like, man, just got to make the most of this. I'm not sure if there was that moment for you, but uh, what was that process like, um, you know, kind of getting out of that hole and getting back to not only football, but just being in a better headspace? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I didn't get into a, a truly good headspace until I got to South Dakota. Wow. So, okay. um, yeah, um, that, I just, I just, I just really grew in my faith during that time. Like when I stepped away from football, I had no football. I had no nothing. I was working a job. So I had all this free time that I wasn't used to. And uh, like I said, I was done. So, so I just really honed in on my faith. And I just I just trusted the Lord of what he I just I pray, I pray, I pray and pray. And obviously he led me here. So it, I really didn't get out of a, a, out of a rut until I got to South Dakota. until I got a scene change until I got to be in a place where, you know, I was wanted. You know, yeah. it's. it's 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 obviously helps when you go to a place that you're wanted, but I think my driving factor just through all of this process has just been my faith. I just never lost sight in what God has planned for me. As as hard as it was to not get these goals that I had set out for myself and not achieve what I you know, even what I thought I wanted to achieve. Yep. I just I just had to I just had to hunker down, check my ego and and just trust the process. As as cliche as it is, I really mm-hmm. just I really had to trust the process. And it was a hard process to trust, but I had to. Hey, things are cliche for a reason, man, because a lot of people believe in them and a lot of people say them. And usually a lot of people that, uh, you know, are pretty accomplished say them. That's why they become cliche. So um, I totally hear you there. Now, we can talk about you guys. Talk about the Wolves a little bit, right? First two games for you guys this year. You open at Bemidji State, and then you go home game versus Duluth. I mean, you probably couldn't write it up. Better than that, you probably wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, talk about the vibe, the energy from the guys over there. The way I see it, a chance to prove yourself right away against two really top quality opponents in that conference. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're we're ready. We're you know we're we're putting the pieces together this off season. Um, obviously, those are two losses for us uh, last season. So 
being able to open up with those games and make a statement right away for the not just the conference, but you know, the nation of D, you know, D2 in general. Um, that you know, we're the truth. We got a lot of players that are coming back that we didn't have last year. Uh, we got an all American receiver and then another receiver who will probably be an all American. Okay, uh, got some good pieces on the O line that we got out of the portal. Uh, got some good pieces on the defensive line and and the and uh. Really, the defense in general. We got uh, two corners, two stud corners, about six one long. Uh, we got an all conference linebacker from CSP. So um, we're loading up. You know, we're we're trying to take this whole thing home, and being able to open up with Demidji and Duluth right off the gate. I mean, you, like you said, you couldn't draw it up any more perfect. Those two games right there, not only are statement games, but those that's going to give us the confidence to keep this ball moving forward. Because arguably those are the best two teams in the conference outside of you know us and Mankato. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get to play Mankato this year. I was a little upset. about I did that see one. that. Yeah. Yeah, I was upset about that one, but you know it is what it is. We'll see them in the playoffs, so I'm not worried. There you go. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm excited. I get I get real excited. My heart gets beating when I start talking about it because uh, I I want I want to beat those two teams bad, real yeah. bad. Hell yeah. yeah, dude! Get back season. Bad. I love it, dude. <laughs> um. I wanted to touch on, you're one of our newest guys that we're sponsoring as a show. Glad to have you, first of all. But uh, what made you even remotely interested in what we had going on here? Because I know we've started to get this platform taken you know, a little bit further and further. But when that launched, we were still at a point where things were kind of stagnant and uh, not a whole lot of things going on. So I'm just, just literally just curious, just me asking, like, what made you even remotely interested? Yeah, I mean, obviously the name D1 Reject stuck out Love automatically. It. And, you know, coming from D1 and being rejected, so to say, it, it just it instantly I was like, that's something I want to be a part of. Regardless of, you know, what you guys, the brand that you're trying to put behind it, that name alone made me cling to it. And then just uh, what you guys are trying to do, just shine light on, you know, lower divisions of football to give it to give us a platform to showcase ourselves, to tell our story, to just talk football, or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, I, that was something that drove me to want to be a part of it. I love to be a part of something that's new, fresh, and something I can actually believe in yeah. and that good people involved in it. So I saw that, and I honestly don't even remember. Y'all just popped up on my Instagram one day on, like, <laughs> one, of those, like one of those, like, you know, you know, you can follow, like, suggested followers. I saw it, and I was like, mm, what is this? And I clicked on it, and I kind of read a little bit about it, and I was like, I definitely want to try and get get involved with you guys. That's, sure. dope. that's sick. That is dope. I love that, dude, and I appreciate that a ton. Now, I mean, this is just, like, very early stages of our whole sponsorship deal with our D1R athletes and, like, still trying to get things sent out, get things situated. I told you we got the wall in here. Those pictures will be going up within the next week or so. Hopefully that's going to look – I'm telling you, it's going to look yeah. nice. We're going to do this thing right. I'm not yeah. cheaping out on none of it. I want to do this thing right for all of us. But coming from you, what is, again, just, like, just me dead curious asking, like, what's one thing, if you could pick anything that you want to see – from this partnership moving forward, is there any any big ideas or anything you've seen from other places that uh, you think we should incorporate with our athletes? Man, that's a tough question. That's a tough I, did, question. I, kind of, I did kind of just throw that on you. I didn't give you <laughs> – yeah, for people question. who don't watch this show either, I mean, we just jump right into combo. We don't plan nothing yeah. like that. So I'm just throwing that man. on you, but – Man, that's a – can we revisit this question? Yeah, we can. We, hey, we can. we definitely can. And, that's I mean, you got my number, question. right? Like, yeah. anything you got, like, I'm always open. But I really do – I'm going to pick the brain of, of all you guys that we are bringing on. Like, I want to make this as unique and as interesting yeah. and – uh, I guess most importantly, as beneficial, right, to both of us as possible, um, because it's going to be big for us too. Like that's the yeah. whole point of it. It's going to benefit both of us. But um, I mean, man, anything, anything you got, you yeah. know, I'm all ears. Uh, but my last kind of piece was like, you know, the bank. You showed the bank at the beginning of the video. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's a pretty sick setup. But I'm telling you, you come in the dome week 11, and you're going to see why most of the away teams that come in here, bro, they got show them, okay, show them what they do when they when they walk through the they walk through the door over there, the away teams. For what? When they come in, like, the first oh, yeah, time yeah, in the yeah. dome? Yeah, they, they, they get in the dome, bro. They get in the dome, bro, and it's like this. They're like, damn, holy <laughs> shit, bro. They, they, they out here like, like this, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's uh, every team, bro. Every team is the same. T it's because they come there, what, Friday? They get there Friday. Yeah, they'll get there uh, Friday for then, a practice. Yeah, and, and then, then they come yeah. out there the first time. They just, they just got off the bus, you know. I mean, I would too, though. You know, the oh, first time I came, I still do it. Yeah. Like, shit, I still do it every time I walk. Yeah, every time but I, I say that because I was curious. I mean, that'll be a fun trip, and obviously I'll actually get to meet you and, and see the squad. Yeah. But 
Um, also, I wanted to ask any other, I know those first two are going to be big ones for you. You got any other red X's on the calendar for some big time ones that you're eyeing, or is it really just, yeah. uh, you'll give me the coach speak of one week at a time. No, I definitely do. Uh, okay, Augie, good. I was going to say, you don't seem like the type, yeah, but. Oh, I got some, I got some get back <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, Augie, Augustana. Oh, yeah. Want to get, definitely want that game for sure. Um, I hate to say it, but Northern Michigan, I gotta, I gotta see what y'all talking about over there. It's the Gleak, yeah? It is yeah. the Gleak. Gotta see what y'all talking about in the Gleak. So, <laughs> um, man, every, every game's a Red X game for me. You know what I'm saying? This is my, this is my last season of college football. So my mindset this this coming into this year is just so much different than any other year. Like this is this is my last chance to yeah. really make this league thing happen. So every game's got a red X, but yeah, there's some more than others. But I'm trying to I'm trying to go crazy in every game. I'm trying to put up ten sacks in a game this year. I really believe I can do that. Like there's been game like my not like I had four and a half, but I lost three of them. Yeah, like that's half sacks right there. I'm right there to to you know I I. All of them, man. I'm just, oh, I'm just trying to get this ball rolling. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, how has that leadership position uh, changed for you within that culture over there? Coming in last year, you've done more than prove your part on the field. Talk about in that building how your leadership role has grown and now being around the program, being around the guys, what that looks like heading into uh, 2023 here in the fall. Sure, yeah. Um, I've always prided myself on being a leader just in general. You know, I feel like I was a born leader. I feel like I had a – I have a huge purpose in this world, regardless of football or not, but being here with the guys and being able to be a good example for them and lead the charge. And, and, you know, it, I may not always be right, but, you know, I'm always going to try and lead in the right direction and having the younger guys, especially the new incoming freshmen, be able to look up to me and be able to see uh, the success that I've had just on the hard work. If you just go out there and get down and dirty with it, you can achieve a lot of things and being able to have a voice that echoes around the room. And when I speak, everyone, shuts up and listens that's 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 definitely something I've, I've worked a long time to get to the point of so being able to be a just a good example for all these guys is is a blessing for real i love it hey and like i said you come up because those you're gonna be laying down tonight and one of those ideas for the partnership yeah. is gonna hit you to hit me hit me up bro because i Absolutely. seriously am i want to i want to hear all about whatever you got I, um and you know i mean i'll be in touch either way but appreciate you coming on this has yes. been great and uh, I'm excited to – this won't be the last time we talk, but I'm excited to see what you do this fall, man. Absolutely. It's always love. It's always love. Hell, yeah. Have a good one, bro. Thank you, Ian. You too, guys. Appreciate you, you, guys. Appreciate Ian coming on. And now we're going to transition over, and we're going to jump into our first piece of featured teams. We need to, like, work on – we were trying to workshop a segment name earlier. Didn't really come up with anything on the spot. We're going to continue to work on it. Either way, we've got featured teams – Today, the first one, we'll stay on the D2 level of talking to Ian. We're going to go Pittsburgh State. Division two out of the MIAA, the Gorillas. They were ranked, they came in at number four in the College Football Network's top 25 rankings, and I think any reputable ranking would put them at least in the top five, if not more, because this team has proven in the last however many years that they are going to be a premier team um, in, on this level of football. Last year, 12-1, and one, their one loss coming at number five, Ferris State, that being in the second round of the NCAA Division II playoffs. They gave them a game. They lose 14-17 to to Ferris. Probably the best game, well, for sure. second best game they got all year after Grand Valley did uh, yeah. actually it, beat if them. If I remember right, I don't remember. It came down to a field, obviously it was 14-17, to but like the end of the game, I can't remember if it was Pittsburgh State had to make a really long field goal and they missed, or like I can't remember exactly what happened, but it came right down to like the very last second of the game, whatever Either Ferris made a field goal or Pittsburgh yes. State might so have it, missed one. But says, at the end of the, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It says right here on the recap, Pitt State had a final chance to win or tie uh, the score in the game's final minute. They drove 56 yards to Ferris State's 14-yard line, but a three-yard loss in a holding penalty forced them to try a 44-yard field goal to force yeah. overtime. And they did not get that. Imagine but, that, dude. Damn, what the hell? I knew a three-yard like loss that. and a holding penalty back like on the same play. And all of a sudden, you go from, we're on the 14-yard line, a chip shot, to then your back three, and then back another five. And now, all of a sudden, that chip shot turns into a 44-yard field goal, and that is not a gimme, especially in Big Rapids. That's why you don't hold. <laughs> that's, that's why you don't hold. Um, but some statement wins for them last year. The first round of the playoffs was against number 13, Indianapolis, 35 to nothing. But Holy as, shit. as we've talked about a little bit, though, 
Indy last year, and I'm not, we don't usually come on here to throw shade, but as far as national rankings go, the Greyhounds were a little bit of a fraudulent Frauds. nationally ranked. <laughs> yes. From an outsider's perspective, right? We didn't yeah. play them. We have not seen these guys play in person. But right. when you go into Saginaw Valley, who was unranked at the time, and you get throttled yeah, that was... when you're the number eight I team mean, in the country. We were all like, like what the? You know I mean? remember like checking that. What it was the, the same beep? time we played. I swear it was when we were at Tech. No, it was. It was uh... I think it was Tech. Couple other notable games for so. them last year, though. Pittsburgh mind. State. Uh, week two was at number eleven, Nebraska Kearney, who's also in the MIAA, and they beat them thirty-five twenty-eight. Come out with a one-score touchdown at their place. That was big time. Uh, then again, at Emporia State, another team who's ranked very highly in the preseason rankings, top They're- twenty, and they beat them fourteen to thirteen. So I think a big part of this Pittsburgh State team that you'll see is that they are experienced enough and talented enough. More importantly, I guess that they are going to come out on top in these very close ones. And finally, the other top dog in that conference, <laughs> number nine, Northwest Missouri, when they played them in uh, week, looks like week six, week seven, 24-22. They win by two points at home. And it just felt like every week, at least looking at these scores, man, that these games came down to the wire, but every single time, Gorillas found a way to be on top. Pretty good measuring stick of a, of a really good team. Moving forward, though, talking about... Some more overview of these guys. And, guys, something I wanted to kind of highlight here. We put this in our tweet. When we were talking about some of the best Division II stadiums in the country. Uh, Carney Smith, I, b- I believe is what it's called, Carney Smith Field for the Gorillas, certainly has to be in that conversation. Take a look at this. This it's place badass. is unreal. Yeah, like, a really impressive setup. And on top of that, guys, I had said before, like, when they have games here, like, this place, not only does it look Awesome. Like, this place is packed. There's their indoor facility right oh, there. Wow. So, nice look at that. Holy, Holy cow. Shit, dude. Talk about facilities. Yeah. Team meeting room there. More like a full-ass auditorium. That is incredible. Looks like brand new. Yeah, I did not know. Oh, and just in case you guys wanted, there's a close-up on the seats to make sure that's real leather right there. I don't know why we punched in like that. A little bit of the weight room action. Part of this team feature series, I just wanted to go through and show off some of these facilities because I know a lot of people... Um, who maybe aren't even you know familiar with the D2 level, especially not with these teams. This is the locker room. They have a really large That's locker sweet. room. Got some NFL. I'm going to go back there a little bit. Got some uh, NFL alum there on the walls, it looks like. I wanted to take a, a little Former bit of a closer look at that. Yes, right there. Pretty sweet stuff. Moving through the rest of the locker room. though, You can see the size of that thing. Like That is huge. Which is really sweet. So, some really great facilities at Pittsburgh State. And part of that is, too, like, when you have the success that you have uh, as a program, those are the type of things that are going to come to you. And you continue to win. There is going to continue to be upgrades and other things to your facilities. Now, uh, we are, that was really, as far as facilities go, we got a good look at everything right there. But let's talk about some stats. Two All-Americans coming back for the Gorillas this year. One of those is Trace Jeffries. Shout out, Trace. Follows us on the on the platform. So shout out to you, big fella. We appreciate you. He's listed at 6'4", 322. Holy cow. He was an All-American last year on the offensive line. And that offensive line unit is going to be a very big point of improvement from an outsider's perspective here for the Gorillas. They averaged over 130 yards per game on the ground. But something that I saw was only 3.6 yards per carry. So not a whole lot of breakout runs. It seemed like a lot of nitty-gritty between the tackles, they're a very physical team on both sides of the line, uh, the line of scrimmage. And you've got three new transfers coming up front. Zane Madison from West Texas A&M, a D2 transfer. you got Aiden Chance from Western Illinois, which I believe is NAIA, correct? Western Illinois? Sorry, no. That's, the, that's the Bulldogs, the Leathernecks. Yeah. That's D1. I'm thinking Illinois Wesleyan, my bad. Uh, Western Illinois. And then you have Landon Blobaugh from Northwestern State. So three big transfers coming in, and when guys come in like that, they're not coming in to sit the bench, right? They're coming in to be starters. What would that be like, Trevor, to have two guys, and then all of a sudden here's three new transplants, boom, right away. Now you have a whole entirely new offensive line unit because the other guy I was looking at here was their honorable mention, All-American, who played interior O-line. He is leaving. So Trace, I believe, is one of the only returners coming back on that front. I think it's kind of huge, too, to have plug-and-play starters on the offensive line that can be good day one. Yeah. Because the offensive line is such a, like, position that you, there's a lot of development involved. Like, it's hard to – you very rarely find a um, an offensive lineman that freshman year can just start right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can get athletes that, that if they're just that Adapt. good. 
Yeah, they can, they can adapt. grow into a yeah. role. Yep. But it takes time to develop as an offensive lineman. So that's huge to be able to bring in three guys to start right away. Yeah. And that, again, we don't well, we don't know. But but we're under the assumption if you're bringing in three transfers, they're there to start. Exactly. You don't bring in guys to the bench like that. And you know, I'm sure there are a couple other really talented starters in that offensive front that are coming back. I just that's not something you usually see like right away is like again, I'm not sitting down doing hours of film studying these guys. If I had the time, I would, but I don't. But I'm sure there are other pieces. But, again, this is all from an outsider's perspective. That seems to be a big point uh, of improvement potentially for them. And then right behind the offensive line, what position is most impacted? You could say quarterback, but I'm going along the lines of running back, right? We had seen losing the starting running back for them. Caleb Lewis, he's going to Tarleton State, ran for 1,000 yards last year. And I know you had said they definitely split that load a decent amount between a few backs. There was like it doesn't like, but at the end of the day, when you have that many carries and you have that kind of volume, because we know three point six yards per carry, he's not busting off these incredible. No. You know, I'm not every single time, obviously, but a thousand yards is going to be hard to produce. He had like the grand majority of all the carries, and there was like three guys behind him that had about forty carries on the year. Yeah, so I think it'll just be interesting to see who will get the bulk of that load this year, because clearly they, yeah. they like to run the ball a lot. Yeah, and I mean. That too, especially in those first couple games, when you have an unsure, maybe they maybe they do have a sure number one, and they feel really good about one guy right now. But when you go into those first couple games, we could certainly see a split load from yeah. this gorilla backfield, and that could be something that um, continues throughout the season if they like the dynamic of that. Especially if you have two backs with a kind of widely separated skill sets, or maybe you see them as the games go on, really dive into one guy and really commit to him being the bell cow, I guess so to speak, right? Uh, another guy I forgot to mention, Devon Garrison, tight end. He was an All-American last year. 35 receptions, 614 yards, 7 touchdowns. So I certainly wouldn't say lighting up the stat book, but this guy was a big-time red zone threat for them. And when they get into scoring position, it kind of felt like you knew where the ball was going. And as a tight ends, as far as tight ends go at the D2 level, something that's not as utilized, I think, as the larger levels of college football, if you guys would agree with me there. I know in the NFL yeah. we've seen tight ends become this absolute unicorn of a position that mm-hmm. has trickled down to Division One a little bit because we have guys wanting to make that kind of generational wealth in the NFL. But at the D2 level, we don't see as many tight ends that are these unicorns so well, i think a lot of it too is a grand majority of the best division two football is in like the midwest region like yep. even pittsburgh state i mm-hmm. think that's still the midwest i am not sure but, but it basically generally, it's a, generally yeah essentially yeah. so it's like still the traditional we want to run the ball have your true tight end that blocks a lot yes. and then also a real yeah. inline tight end yes classic y yeah exactly yep. yeah i think that's a good point now um another piece on this Pittsburgh State team, they got a new def- a new co-defensive coordinator, I should say, and corners coach, Devontae Sims. He comes over from Angelo State, who's at number five in those preseason rankings. Angelo State, they had a year last year. They go 11-1, make a, a decent run into the playoffs. And then while at ASU, though, Devontae Sims, why I wanted to talk about him, they ranked top five nationally in scoring defense. They were number four. Passing yards allowed, they were number four in the country. In total defense, they were number one. In interceptions, they were number one. And yeah. in defensive passing efficiency, they were number two. And they got a new D coordinator? No, this is that's the D coordinator, the, co- the co-defensive coordinator. He was the corners coach over there. Oh, okay. He's okay, the okay. one coming to Pittsburgh State, and he's bringing with him the crew. You would imagine there's probably some guys falling over. Not sure 100% on that, but when you have someone coming from a defense who produced every single one of those statistics last year with his corners being a huge part of that. I mean, they led the country in interceptions and total defense and almost in defensive pass. It's like I get tired saying all of it. It's It's absurd. So I felt like that was definitely worth mentioning. That's a big pickup for them. And, you know, when you talk about getting new coordinators and having to go through a new scheme and things, it doesn't seem to be the case as he is the co-defensive coordinator. So you'd assume there is an incumbent there that – they are probably maintaining that same scheme because last time I checked, when you go, what did I say, like twelve and one? Yeah. Uh, usually you don't change a whole lot of scheme. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Usually you kind of keep the status quo and keep going. But Cade, you had saw earlier potentially, potentially emphasis on potentially, little bit of a quarterback composition for Pitt State heading into uh, fall camp between the returner, Chad Dotson Jr., and then Darius Bowers, the transfer yeah, from so, Central Arkansas. So I was just kind of looking at it more as we're sitting here, but. It says in his bio that he transferred um, over the summer from University of Central Arkansas, um, and it says he's going to look to challenge uh, for action under, under center this fall. 
He spent three seasons uh, at UCA. He didn't appear in many. Uh, he completed 10 of 20 passes for 135 yards and a touchdown. Um, he was a great high school player. Um, his name is Darius Bowers. He's a junior. I know, uh, I believe it was it, Chad Dotson Jr. got the majority of the uh, looks last year. Yeah. I believe he had he a, ran for, I mean, he threw for like 3,000 yards. Yeah, he. 29 um, tutties. Pretty good year. Yeah, he had a good year. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure. Uh, what those like, like like I said I don't I'm not sitting down evaluating quarterback film but like yeah we're just taking what we know what I know out I know there. that like quarterback like competition room in the quarterbacks the biggest I think like it's the biggest uh like plus to a team's totally potential and so it's good to have at the start of the season of especially, of like going into camp like Dotson will be their number one going to camp wait he's the proven right but like it'll be good to see you know what I mean like just see what happens that's always about, a good position to have a plethora of yep. like good, anything yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, we talk about that with running backs a lot, especially with the nature of the position is very different yeah. than the quarterback. But with the quarterbacks, having someone there to compete against every day and elevate your game. Yeah. Or you pull with Zach Wilson and make their life hell every single day. <laughs> yeah. Which Aaron actually said he has not made his life hell. He's been very pleasant to work with. So Zach was a liar. They seem like they're boys now. <laughs> they definitely are. But we can take a look. I want to look at their uh, 2023 schedule, Pitt State, before we move on to our Division Three team that we're going to talk about. And, fellas, moving through this, like, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that it's not nearly as front-loaded as their 2022 schedule is. No shots taken at Washburn, at Fort Hayes State, at Central Missouri. Um, Central Missouri Yules. especially has had uh, a solid program here this last decade or so, to my knowledge. But those teams are not the ones that we've talked about them having extremely close games with. Now, when you get to Nebraska Kearney here, Emporia State, Northwest Missouri, even a Sioux Falls potentially, now you're talking about some games that are going to be very interesting. But this first portion of the schedule right here, from my perspective, you expect Pitt State to roll. Roll right into this thing. Then they've got actually a pretty good setup where Nebraska Kearney, that's going to be a competitive one. Then you go Northeastern State, yeah, Emporia State, boom, back. And then you get kind of, uh, these are no by no means off weeks. There are still good competition. Yeah. I don't want to get Saturday. But what I do want to say is those ones that you know, what no matter how much coach speak comes out of that program over there, down there in Pittsburgh, you know this one and this one, and you can't see my mouse on the screen, I just realized, but you guys can. <laughs> you know those ones are marked up on the calendar. Yeah. And really, when you get to this point, that's game what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like game eight? Northwest yep. Missouri right here, that game is going to have a very large, it's a very thing, easy thing to say, that's going to have very large implications on this conference oh, yeah, in the MIAA. 100%. And to see what kind of season Emporia State and Kearney have, right, that's going to be very interesting because mm-hmm. they certainly could be dark horse contenders in this conference. But when you get to that Week 8 moment right here at Northwest Missouri, that's going to say a lot about where Big these teams game. are at. And that's why I feel good about Pittsburgh State is that in those games, they have a very good track record of coming out on top, even in the away games. They're at Northwest Missouri this year. Not take anything away from those Bearcats because they have certainly given a lot of really competitive teams, Ferris included. They've given them games in the past, and they have been just right there. They have not been able to claim that championship in uh, a few years here, but they have been certainly successful. They close out the year with Missouri Western and Central Oklahoma, and then uh, wherever the playoffs takes them. But that was pretty good, fellas. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think people will appreciate that, too, because that's just, like, a little bit more in-depth than they would probably get. We kind of aggregate all the news, put it together, and then present it in a way that's easy to easy to take in. Yeah. But we can move on to our D3 team. How about that? Harden-Simmons, Division Three team out of the ASC. Now, Harden-Simmons is a team that, again, I wanted to try and grab some teams here that none of us are very familiar with. Right. They're out of Texas. They've had a lot of success. Last year, they go 9-2. and two, And some of the bigger games for them, they go and... I'm trying to see here, their first loss to Mary Harden Baylor, which the defending national champion in the same conference, the ASC, that was their first conference game last year. Mm-hmm. But they continued to bounce back, win every game after that in the regular season, lost in the first round of the playoffs uh, against Trinity out of Texas as well, uh, 7-14 to in that first round of the playoffs. Damn. And that has to leave a really bad taste in their mouth because they were on a seven-game win streak heading into that game with all the momentum in the world and – if they won that game, I do believe it would have been a rematch against UMHB in the second round of the playoffs. Have to imagine, sometimes in those situations, the eyes start to lurk onto the next round, yeah. and maybe potentially when you're on that kind of win streak and you feel a little untouchable, man, we want another shot. Definitely could have happened. We want another shot at UMHB. 
and uh, they did not make it that far. But this team, like I said, 9-2 and two last year, poised to have a really big year in 2023 as well. Not listed on the schedule for 2023. We can, uh, we'll look at that in a little bit, but they did just add a 10th game in 2023 versus Endicott, which is one of the best teams out of not only their conference, but in the whole New England region. They were 10-1 and one in 2022. They also lost in the first round of the NCAA playoffs. So another team that has a lot to prove with a lot of top talent returning. Before we jump into some of the returners for Harden-Simmons, though, I want to just give you guys a quick look at the facilities down there in Texas. Not too shabby. Remember, this is Division Three, so you're moving down a level from you're not going to get the same as a Pittsburgh State, potentially. So that's really nice for a Division Three. That is stadium. a really solid stadium. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, actually really impressed with that. I'm sorry I kind of grabbed it. I grabbed a shitty uh, quality photo, shitty resolution, but that's the best one I could find. Yes, yeah, so the Cowboys. Sorry. End zones are dope. I think so the purple is a good really looking good. field. I think the field looks great. It does. Are you guys a fan of the um, like the lawnmower stripes? I am. Personally. I love it. Yeah, I think it's pretty dope I do too. As long as it's not over exaggerated, I know like West Bloomfield kid. If you remember playing on that yeah. field, it was like dark green and neon green yeah. back and forth. That's horrible. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but like this it was, looks it, good. That looks we had, great. At Lake Orion, we had like this. It was good. Yes, I'm a big I'm a big fan of that. Um, Hello. Yeah, at the, at the, at the low. Uh, but that is the stadium down there at Hardin-Simmons. And then if we look um, here at a quick shot, again, the best I could find here of their locker room. And, again, we're talking Division three here, guys. That's pretty nice locker room. Yeah. That's a good-looking locker room. And that yeah. could be, I mean, you. I say Division three, any level. That yeah, is a nice-looking locker room. A lot of space, nice little area there. It looks like this is probably set up for a recruiting visit right now with they all the chairs. Helmets, bro. Is that white and gold in there? Yeah, that's sick. That's pretty clean. I did not notice that in the first uh, the first look. That's, that's pretty dope. sick, though. I like yeah. that. I like the look there. Yeah. Um, and finally, fellas, we've got... Let me mute this. I don't know what kind of audio on is on it, just in case. But a nice little clip here from the weight room down at Hardin-Simmons. If it will let me get to it. Big squat day for the Cowboys. So I was trying to find a picture of the weight room. I'm like... Why not just show the video of the boys getting after it? I love this. That's some real weight on the bar. Good oh, yeah. depth, too. Break the damn bar. Look at this thing. Look dude. at that thing bouncing. I love it, man. I love it. That's good energy, man. That's really good sure. energy. But um, that was what I kind of wanted to just give, like I said, the quick overview of some of the facilities, go through some of those things. Now we can talk about some of the returners and move on here for the Cowboys. They had two All-Americans last year. You're bringing back the leader of your defense for one. For one last ride, Matt Mitchell, 74 tackles. Listen to the stat line, Cade. 74 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, three sacks, two forced fumbles, two interceptions. Like, it's like He's like Matt Milano. Like Mr. Do-It-All like for the Cowboys maybe. down there. Absolutely love that. But you're losing. We talked about this guy a little bit before the podcast. The three-time, three-time All-American offensive lineman, Boomer Warren, who Boom. was one of the 15 national semifinalists for the Gagliardi Trophy this last year as a guard. And not only as a guard, why don't you give me the roster height and weight again? Do you remember what it was? Yeah, Boomer was 5'9", 260. 5'9", 260, and the dude was a national semifinalist for the D3 Heisman. And he was a dog. He, he absolutely has, he has was. To be a dog. He absolutely was. Dog. So you have to imagine losing a guy like that, not only is a three-time All-American, but, like, that's a dude that everyone probably looked up yeah. to in the locker room. And um, the Cowboys do bring back a stud receiver in the name of Guy Creamer. I believe he's going to be going into his sophomore year. Yeah. But uh, just shout out Guy. First team all name, D3? Yes. We might have to tag him on that, like give him a little clip or something. <laughs> you and go ahead and do that. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look him up after this because, I mean, just spectacular name. One of, like, first <laughs> yeah. And like second of all, you got you to gotta do some great things. You With a name some, like that? You have to. Touchdown, Creamer. Like, come on, dude. Like, Can we talk like some NIL for real here for a second? Can we stop and you know talk I mean? a little bit like, of brand deals? He's got he's got like the happy Gil, he's like a happy Gilmore kind Maybe of Maybe we're the one that Guy gets Kramer. him started in the right direction to a deal Bro. with Folgers or with Coffee Mate or with you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean we're Krispy Kreme. That's not I was thinking different direction, but that's not bad. That's, that's not that's bad. Good. Cade's not no. digging it. No, I hate it. <laughs> Never mind. I'll stop talking in this, this show. <laughs> I'm just saying he's he's coming back. He's poised to have a big year. I mean, I, yes. I, if I'm not wrong, he seemed like a big like he was a bigger. He's kid. actually a big country. Like he could be, have big contribution to their team. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. But on, on that same note, though, 
send us some suggestions. We are going to do an all-name Division Two and an all-name D3 team with the best names across the country in college football. If you want to send in some of those suggestions, we'll be putting that together because who else does that? Nobody. Nobody. Us. Damn right. We, we do it. We do it. There's Boomer right here. <laughs> Boomer. I'm going to get this guy That's news, so just keep going. And yeah. No, you go for it. Um, the only other piece I had on Harden Simmons here is that that loss to Trinity in the playoffs last year, that was the last game for 29 seniors. Boomer Warren was not the only guy they're losing this year. 29, 29 seniors. 29 is a lot of That's seniors. a big number, and I think right now that number is so large because we're at that point where these guys with the COVID year are oh, they, starting yeah. to finally expire. Yeah. Right? I think that's reasonable. So Guy Creamer is going into his senior year. He okay, appeared, not a sophomore. He appeared in one game last year. Um so never mind. He's an all-district quarterback in high school. He's 6'2", 170 from Del Rio, Texas. So, Guy, uh, rooting for you, man. Need and a big year out of you, Guy. 83. I mean, he's got size, dude. You know, he could. What's the what's the roster height and weight? 6'2", 170. That's not 170. He's got a guy you might need less creamer and more calories, my friend. Let's put a, <laughs> a little, little more protein. Let's, let's put some pounds on that frame, Guy. But, I mean, let's see, man. Great name, though. Great name, though. Like, let's, let's, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it, Guy. We're all in on Guy. Uh, but we can transition there. That was kind of our, our piece on Harden Simmons. Uh, oh, no, I, I guess I could touch on their 2023 schedule, shouldn't I? Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's talk about that. I did talk about the game that they added in 2023 versus Endicott, but we'll take a look at the rest of their schedule here quick and uh, look at some of those marquee matchups, if you will. They opened the season versus Albright College. You can see there, game two right off the bat, UW Lacrosse. Top five preseason team in the country here, depending on who you ask. That's a squad. And, again, you're going to their place, which is, again, you have to remember, this team is from Texas. They're making the trip all the way up to Wisconsin to play UW lacrosse. And we'll be playing them a week after, Northern Michigan. Yes. Right? We got them week three or no? Is it later? I thought lacrosse, it was week three. Week three or week it's either three. three or yeah, four. right after four is Quinn, Yeah, three. Okay. Week so three. there you go. So they'll have them a week before we get lacrosse. And that's, I mean, you talk about right here. Albright College, again, admittedly don't know a whole lot about uh, AC over there. But UW lacrosse, then you go at Endicott, back-to-back road trips right away. Those are two games that are must-win for them because that is going to have big implications Those are, on the rest uh, of the year. They're really year. going all the way around the nation. Is it? That's what I was about. To, like, the travel for this? You're going to Wisconsin one week, maybe coming home for a couple days, right? right? Yeah, and then I'm trying to think. And then you got to go all research. the way to... East Coast, where's Endicott at? And typing, 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 Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh, it, <laughs> it says it right. Did it say that? And you just, <laughs> I can't read it from here. It's too small. <laughs> You're probably in the same boat. Yeah, you I probably can't. can't read it from here either. Now I see that man now, but I have okay. to squint a little. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Well, I typed it up. We found it out either way. Moving down through the rest of the schedule, look at us. Howard Payne University, they come back home, and then you go at McMurray uh, versus Texas Lutheran University, then Sol Ross State University, and then this one now towards the end of the year is where you get your big-time matchup at home versus the University of Mary Harden-Baylor. They get UMHB again at their place. And then finally, you've got Austin College and East Are, Texas Is Baptist. Austin College, is that a kangaroo? It is a kangaroo on the logo there. That's, that's another. Special. That's another segment we should do. Best logos. In D2 and D3? Or best mascots, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Man, we, we got some good oh, we yeah. got some good ideas moving forward, boys. We have to make these happen, though. We do. Uh, but that is that's the rest of their schedule here. So literally, guys, when I said this had not been added, they added this today. Because when I added this to the rundown earlier this morning, this Endicott game was not on there. So Damn. this just got added. I feel like we're helping break the news a little bit. Um, sure. It was out on Twitter. That's where I found it. I mean, but that's about, a big-time game for dude, them. Dude, we're about to hit 2,000 followers already on Twitter. We just hit 1,000 like maybe two weeks ago. That's yeah, pretty clutch. That is pretty – you're right. That's pretty sweet. Um, but that is all we've got for Harden-Simmons. Definitely look for them to have a large year. We will certainly be following along. And, again, if you do have recommendations, we got a lot of really good feedback, guys, on socials of different D2, D3 teams uh, and some NAIA teams that we will be uh, diving into more in depth. But – Back to the D3 level here for a moment, fellas. And we're going to talk a little bit about Morrisville. And not so much about what their schedule is at Morrisville, but more like what playing field they'll be using at Morrisville, guys. Take a look at this field. Where is Morrisville? And I'm going to have to do a little bit more typing here, Chuck. You know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. You got it? Yeah, I got it. Black turf at Morrisville. Crazy. Fresh off the press, just installed. 
By the way, it doesn't look like Morrisville gives two shits about visiting bleachers because they have none. Maybe that's coming in after the turf. But what do we, uh, Rich, like first thoughts off the rip here, what do we think about playing on a black field? I mean, hot as shit, one. That was the first thing I thought of. If, the, if it's 90 degrees out, which Trevor's working on finding out where this is. If it's 90 There's degrees Morrisville out. State. I don't know if that's the same place, though. Well, we're going to find out right here together. Check this out. Boom. And we go out of full screen. Bam. This is where we got. Oh, SUNY Morris. So this is New York. Yep. This is in New York. New York. Uh, okay, that makes it a out, little bit better. Shout out Coach Rogers, by the way, uh, for having this video up on the Twitter. That's where, I, that's where I got it from. So it's in New York. But again, upstate New York, if that's where this is at. I'm just, assume, I'm just throwing yeah, out random. Upstate, New, upstate York. New York, if that's where this is at. In the summer. Like in summer and early summer, August time it's or early fall. Yes. I mean, maybe that's just me being a fat O-lineman, but that's, <laughs> that is the first thing I thought of. I For was sure. thinking a I turf field thing, in dude. the summer is hot to begin with. Yes. With the black turf on it. Yes. Or the pellets or whatever you call it. But that, No, I know what you're talking about. And you have to imagine that uh, a combination not only is there, but there's also black. the pellets on top of what is already black turf. Yeah. I wonder, like, this, is, this might be dumb, but I wonder if, like, a hot day in the summer, if you're standing on the sidelines, is there a different, like, on the white? Like, can you feel a difference? That's actually a really good question. Like, on a very hot day, standing yeah. on the white like, like versus... A nice, probably, like a, that us. Yeah. Probably. Well, Morrisville, we need, we need answers. Yeah, what we need you to do is take two frying pans, put one on the white sideline and one on the black hey. right next to it, crack an egg in both, little timer action. If we turn into, like, you know, like, they're just destroying a D, D2, D3. We're going out all over the place. We'll make a trip to New York, bro, and we'll do it ourselves. Bro, How about that? They have us out there. Let's do it. Well, I actually we'll bring I two don't eggs mind and two the, frying plans. Frying, frying, yeah. Frying plans, four frying pans. Four? Why no, you four? said frying, frying plans. plans. Oh, four, four frying pans. Four, yeah. Jesus. Um, <laughs> that's, the hell's going on? That's really all it is. That's all I, I just wanted to comment on. It's very interesting. You don't see I actually that very often. Like, I like the black. I don't mind the look. Though. I, I will it. say, Kate and I played on a gray. You yeah. played on Lapeer's, right? Yeah, bro. Lapeer High School. I picked that ball off and you had to touch it on? Yes. Lapeer High School, uh, they have a light gray turf they field. Do. And it sucks. It is well, a bitch to play on. Eastern Michigan? Yes. That's a great it example. It looks like if you're watching Eastern Michigan on TV, Maction, like it messes with your brain. You think you're watching something like black and white. Yes, it does. It actually does. Yeah, you're lucky. right. Yeah. And I was going to say what's even worse is that is when you get cracked on that kind of field and then you open your eyes and it's bright as opposed to like your regular green and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like double the concussion. <laughs> like as soon as you get hit, dude, getting cracked, like don't get me wrong, I'm not one to get put on my butt frequently, but it happens and when it does and you open your eyes to a gray field, light gray yeah. at that as opposed to green, it's just not fun at no, all. It at sucks. All. It's not appealing to the eyes whatsoever. No, it's not. So, Morrisville, hey, we'll see how it works. Let's get one of the coaches from Morrisville on here and talk a little bit about the the behind the scenes of that. Oh, huh? yeah. What do we For think? Sure, yeah. I'll, I'll shoot a couple DMs out. We'll see if we can make that happen. Otherwise, fellas, back to the D2 level. This time, another new facility. It's not a field, but instead a locker room. And this one comes from Delta State. Guys, take a look at this. This thing is legit. First of all, right off the rip, that's on the ceiling. That's badass. That is electric. Before we start this, we got to do uh, so badass. Once our locker room drops, we got to look at it on here too. Oh, we can. Well, I'll probably make the bit video and put it together. So yeah, I'll have first. Yeah. We could we could launch it on D one R. I happen. That's happening. What are they gonna do? I make the video. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> Take guess. it away from me. Yeah. <laughs> she said no. They're gonna make but, you sign a uh, NDA. No, they won't. But let's talk about Delta State. Right here, <laughs> off the rip, on the ceiling, the seats with the neon lighting underneath. That's sweet. Sheesh. What kind of booster money do we have down there? This is absurd. I like where this is going, though. There's no, the lockers tough. right there. Really I'm trying tough. to pick apart this a little bit. You've got the different compartments. There's so much space. It looks like, is that a, like a locked one, that top right one yeah. for valuables and things? The top with those slits right there. I would assume that's like an aeration thing for shoulder pads, something along oh, those lines. Is I that, didn't even think about that. Right, I almost, It doesn't look like it's aesthetic. I'm assuming it has some type of purpose or use. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Wow. And oh my gosh, And boys. you have underneath. Oh my goodness. Under, got, underneath, behind the seat yes, and underneath dude. the seat. Damn, bro. Cubbies, yes. Open the seat that's up tough. and then go underneath. You could just live in the locker room. <laughs> it's like a pillow, damn near. <laughs> 
That's so, you don't even need it. The seats are padded. That's what I'm saying. It's a pillow. Oh, I thought you said you could take one in there. I'm like, you don't need it. Really sick stuff. Oh my goodness. It looks good. Wow. Even the they got the poles in the middle decked out with the, oh, what the hell? lettering. Okay, let me just say, if this is their first reaction to seeing their locker room, that shit was lame. Did you see him just they, saunter they, in there? They probably all like kept that sneaking. You, are you like, serious? Poking their heads in there. You, you know think how so? like, can we I'm gonna rewind this just really quickly. So hopefully, if you guys didn't see that the first one, Kate, look at this. If this is their first reaction to walk into the locker room, shame on them. Look at this. He didn't even get off his phone. Yeah, that's crazy. What? Like, come on. This guy's bro. got a Mickey Mouse shirt on. <laughs> what are we doing? That guy looks excited. He's fired up. But these guys, here we go. I have them checking out the lockers. Now we've got a little bit of, yeah, we've got a little bit of excitement from these guys. Finally, they show a little bit of emotion down there at Delta State. That first group, I don't know why they let them in first, but this is incredible. The one thing I will say, it looks kind of cramped. Does It does look a little tight. You might not be able to fit Trevor Lee and Jack Chappelle down this at the same time. <clears throat> It does look a little tight. That would be my one criticism of this. But that's just also just maybe how they have to do it to like the what to accommodate. Like, yeah. yeah. No, you're probably right. Right. Yeah. You're probably right. Oh, it does look crammed though. Look at yeah. Look how look how close you are. I, I guess yeah. I guess it's kind of the same thing with ours. Like how close you are to the person next to you. And but. not really though. We got our open spaces. Not. I looked all. Never mind. Never mind. I'll just <laughs> stop talking again. No, you're good. You're good. But that was their new locker room. They, like I said, huge year last year for them. Eleven and two, looking to bounce back from that. They uh, lose to Florida State. Um, Florida State, West Florida, dude. I'm all over the place. They lose <laughs> to West Florida uh, in the playoffs after even... they after they had beat them in the regular season, and um, it's going to be a sort of a big year for them. Florida State's in Florida. Uh, Florida State is in Florida. So is uh, West Florida. Actually, is also. In Florida, yeah, I was just wondering just where Delta State west. was because I didn't actually know. It's in Ohio, I think. Delta State is actually Indiana, in, maybe. Uh, no, Delta State, Mississippi. In the, they're in the Gulf South Conference, Kate. They would not be in Indiana. Um, but let me just see here. <laughs> you think that's funny, Drew? Well, I'm just saying. Let's use our context clues here, and maybe well, we I didn't know where they were at, dude. Figure I, it out. I don't know what division Delta State. They're State's in Mississippi. In. They're in Cleveland, Mississippi. All right. So Cleveland, Ohio, but basically same thing. Final piece for today, fellas. Patrick Mahomes, he's got a new home in Cass Country, Missouri. Missouri. Is that the one that's like all gated off and shit? And I don't know, but we are going to find out. Here is the picture from the AI man himself, Dove Kleeman. Oh, yeah, this is it. And we'll take a look at it right here, boys. If it will load. Wi-Fi not having it. There we are. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes and his wife, Brittany. Finished, uh, Brittany, by the way, Dolphin, she's assaulting dolphins, apparently, according to PETA. Like, bro. Listen, not big. What? Like, not I don't like news. her, but, like, come on, bro. Like, like, give her some, like, come on. Anyways. That's not a big deal, dude. Like, they finished building out. their dream home. I love how he says they finished building, like, her and Patrick put down one board or one blade, one brick on this house. But they finished building it. Uh, in 2021, Mahomes announced he bought a plot of land in Kansas City and said he's building a house there. And then this is the result. The mansion, the giant pool, the big private pond, the par three golf hole, half a football field with Patrick's personal logo on it. I did not know he even had a logo. And then his name is printed in the end zone? Interesting. Very interesting. Like he's going to forget huh. it or something? Yeah, the new house is in Cass Country, Missouri. Actually and he's ridiculous. selling his previous home. $2.9 million renovated Kansas City ranch house. Yeah, so there I also are. saw something, something also, about, like, it's being, like, it's a completely gated community, private community, and there's their own security and everything. Like, it's, Well, they, they bought... I would imagine so. They bought eight acres. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's, like, their plot of land is eight so acres. So they don't, they own a lot of, yeah. They so own they own a chunk. lot more land that they could, I mean, he has, what, a $500 million contract. He could do whatever the he could, bleep he wants. He could build yeah. his own town if he wanted to. <laughs> The Mahomians. <laughs> but, I mean, when you get to that level, though, and you have people that, like, they, all great probably backs. they probably don't leave you alone. You probably need to get a place where with the gated and security and yeah, whatnot. Dude. I you mean, think about how many Mahomes. freak shows are going to go to Patrick Mahomes' doorstep. Exactly. So. Maybe uh, Chief Saholic would rob it. <laughs> Not anymore, though. <laughs> hey, they got Not him. A, they, got they got him. him. What happened? They found him. They caught He's his been on ass. The, 
bro. They arrested him. No, they not actually. Yes. All right, bro. He's been on the run for four months. Okay. Right. I, I, you can look it yeah, up. Look they it finally up, got him. He didn't actually do it, bro. Yes, he did. And why would they arrest him? He yeah, was he, he robbed a bank, and he's been on the run. Bro, he runs a fucking Twitter. He's not robbing a bank. <laughs> <laughs> he runs a fandom Twitter account. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, he robbed and a bank. And boom. NFL superfan Chiefsaholic caught after fleeing bank robbery charges. The felon in question. Right there. This actually doesn't count because the New York Post just dropped their sports... Uh, is that, is that, what do you mean it doesn't count? They just dropped their sports. The account. article doesn't count. It's right in front of you. All right, well. Gosh. Well, so what is he going to jail for? Uh, uh, allegedly. Bank, bank robbery. And, like, it has something to do with. Allegedly. Yeah. Stolen we property don't know if he through did state it. lines as well. Yes. This is other. Allegedly. Yeah. There he is, dude. And we, me and Kobe were talking about it. You think he uh, was wearing, like, the, the wolf When mask? he robbed the bank. Yeah. One thousand percent. I mean, why else do will he have it? Well, he's a super fan, Cade. Okay, bro. So on the side of being a super fan, he goes and robs banks for a living. Like, that's the complete opposite thing. Like, I'd, I'd picture him living in his parents' basement, running the, the the Chiefs account, so no one could come to his house. You know, after he sends out a mean tweet or something. No, he's just robbing banks. No, he's robbing banks and running from police. If that's e- if it's that easy, shit. I'm not gonna get that costume. It and took start him four months to find him. Yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna like a Red Wings account dressed as like a freaking. Octopus. Octopus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that, though, that's all we've got for Division One Rejects. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to send in your names for the all-name team. Also, send in and suggest any logos that we should include in the best logos, Division Two and Division Three. And finally, any suggestions on what teams or conferences you'd like us to cover in the future.